Calvary Church is, is different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. And Calvary Church has grown. Not just different buildings. Calvary Church has grown. Calvary Church has matured. And that's the way it should be. That's the way Christ wants it. And it's because Christ is working here. Have you ever thought about what Calvary Church could be? 40 years ago, great things were happening at Calvary Church. Today, great things are happening at Calvary Church. But have you ever thought what Calvary Church could be like if we together reached our full potential? Have you ever thought? Have you ever dreamed of what Calvary Church could be? Well, Paul tells us where he thinks we are going and he tells us how to get there. Look at Ephesians chapter four, verses seven through 16. Listen as I read. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fulfill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ." then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Did you catch it? Did you see it? Did you see how Paul provides for us the ultimate goal for all of us here? The purpose for all we do. And it's really quite extraordinary what he tells us. Paul is telling us the goal of all of God's far-flung enterprise among men. What is it that God is after? Well, let's first think about the things that Paul doesn't say. First, Paul does not say that the end goal is to bring world peace and justice to the world. Now, those are important things, but Paul here doesn't say that that's the end goal or the ultimate purpose that God has. Paul also does not say that the end goal is to, is, is to feed the poor or relieve the oppression of the oppressed. And again, those are important things. Those are good things, but Paul doesn't say that those are the ultimate goal. These are not the purpose that Paul has in mind as the ultimate reason for the existence of the church. These things will be accomplished, but they're not the essential thing. The ultimate aim, the final Goal, the thing that God is after above everything else is maturity. 
Look at verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God's great goal, his design for the church is that every member of the body of Christ be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ, his son. God wants each one of us to be like Jesus in every way. Now, when we look at this, I think we recognize that this is true for each of us individually. But Paul is saying much more than that here. What he's saying is much broader than that. And what he's saying is maybe a little controversial in our pull yourself up by your bootstraps, individualistic culture that we live in. Look again at verse 13. It says, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. Other translations more accurately reflect the original language when they say, we all attain to the mature man or to mature manhood. The phrase here is singular and it refers to the body of Christ, the church maturing together as one, not individualistically, not doing it on our own working together as one, corporately, towards maturity. Calvary Church, we have grown, we have matured, but we need to continue to grow. We need to continue to mature together. Now, I know that this is hard for some of us to grasp, and I think there's a couple of reasons why this is difficult to grasp. First, when we look at all those pictures of Calvary Church, and especially when we look at those old pictures of Calvary Church, for some of you that were at Calvary Church 30, 40, 50, 60, some of you 70 years ago, I don't know if there's any of you left from 1929, but when we look at those pictures, we think to ourselves, oh, those were the good years. Those were the golden years. God was really at work then. And that's true. He was at work then. And when we look back at those pictures, we think, oh, I have such great memories of that place because such great things happened in my life, in the lives of others. And that's true. It's true for me. I was born in Calvary Church. Well, I I wasn't born in Calvary Church. I was actually born in a hospital. But I was raised in Calvary Church. And I have good memories of the place as well. But we have to recognize that Christ is working. And because Christ is working, he continues to mature this body of Christ. So Calvary Church isn't what it was 30 or 40 years ago. It was good then. And Christ is continuing to mature us. And he has to continue to mature us. Another reason I think that people struggle with this is because if we're honest with ourselves, we like to go it alone. We like the fact that we are individuals. And when you talk about bringing us together corporately, it makes some of us very uncomfortable because we've been trained all of our lives in this culture to go it alone, to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and we can get it done by ourselves. Guess what? It's a lie. That's not true. God says corporately, together, we mature and we grow to become the body of Christ. Now we know that this can happen. We see it in other entities. We know that growth occurs corporately. 
We know that other entities mature. Over the past few years, I've had the opportunity, really it's kind of the privilege, to be able to coach some of my children's sports teams. I've coached primarily basketball teams and soccer teams. And, it, and, and I probably, the first, the first reason I probably did it was to be close to my kids. So I can hang out with my children. But once you get into the mix, once I got into the mix, you realize that the ultimate goal was so that the team would get better. Everything was about the team growing. Everything is about the team maturing. I had one uh, six, six or seven-year-old, six and seven, it was six and seven-year-old soccer team that I coached, and oh my goodness, Whew. they were bad. Our first practice, our first practice was ugly. I had one little boy, all he wanted to do was play in the grass. Every practice, every game, little Billy was right out there playing in the grass. You know the guy, don't you? Just playing around, balls going around, Billy's just playing in the grass. I had another kid, he would not pass the ball if his life depended on it. That boy wanted to score every single goal. He would never pass. And the rest of everybody, they were just kind of in one clump, just following the ball wherever it went, just like one big amoeba. <laughs> but after time together, after practice, and after playing games, we began to grow. Our soccer team got better. We began to mature. And we even started to look like a team. See, teams are made up of individuals. But the ultimate focus is not on any one person. It's on the team growing and maturing together. Or think about Festival of Lights. Look at all this stuff. Look at this. Festival of Lights is not about any one person. Festival of Lights is a, is a performance that Calvary Church puts on together to honor God. And so it's not about any one person. We have great singers and musicians and there's actors and there's dancers and there's technicians and all these people come together to put on a good performance for God. I've seen Festival of Lights five times now. And you know what? The last performance I saw was better than the first performance that I saw. Because these people have come together and have grown and matured together. It's not about any one individual. It's about the whole growing and maturing together. And that's exactly the way it is with the church. The body of Christ is made up of individuals, but the ultimate goal is for the church to mature corporately. It's for the church to grow together. That's what Paul tells us is the ultimate goal. But if the ultimate goal is maturity, that raises the question, what does maturity look like? Now, for Festival of Lights, I'm not really sure what maturity looks like. I think it's just better and better performances. But for a sports team, maturity is measured in wins and losses, or at least score differential. There's something there that you measure to realize or recognize that you are getting better. And for the church, we also have a measurement of maturity. So for the body of Christ, for Calvary Church, what are we after? Look at what Paul says, because he tells us exactly what maturity 
looks like. Interestingly, he doesn't define maturity. He tells us what it looks like. Look at verse 13. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And in verse 15, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. Calvary Church is to look like Jesus Christ. We are to become a person. We are together to become Jesus Christ. I have to ask you a question. Have any of you seen Jesus? Really? Have any of you seen Jesus like you can see me right now, like I can see you? No. None of you have seen Jesus. He's in heaven. But if Calvary Church is Jesus, then people, when they look at Calvary Church, they can see Jesus. Paul says, you work corporately, together, Calvary Church, the body of Christ, to become mature. And that maturity looks like Jesus. So we, Calvary Church, all of us, our goal is to be Jesus. Our goal is to make Jesus visible. So when people here at Calvary Church look around, when you and me, when we look around, we see Jesus. And when people out there look here, they see Jesus. That's the goal. That's God's goal for Calvary Church. The next question then is obvious. How is it that we get there? How is it that we become like Jesus? How do we become more mature? How do we make Jesus visible? Paul gives us the plan. Remember last week we learned that the, the church is to be unified? Jim said that the church is to be a place of unity. Jesus Christ places a very high value on unity. He wants unity here at Calvary Church. But this does not mean, listen to this, this does not mean that Jesus wants uniformity. He wants unity, but he doesn't want uniformity. Jesus doesn't want every Christian at Calvary Church looking the same, acting the same, doing ministry in the same types of way. Jesus recognizes that we are all different. We are all different types of people with different gifts, with different personalities, with different ways of expressing ourselves. We're all different here at Calvary Church. And when you look around this room, I look around this room and there are quite a bit of few different people here. There is a lot of diversity in this place. No two of us are exactly the same. And that is exactly the way that Jesus wants it. In fact, not only is it the way he wants it, he's, that's the way he's planned it and that's the way he's made it. Look at verse seven. Paul says, but to each one of us, that means to all Christians, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. 
You see, all the diversity in this room was given by Jesus. Jesus is the one that has provided the diversity. If you look at verses 8 and 10, that's what verses 8 through 10 are referring to. Because of what Jesus did in his finished work, he gave gifts. Paul is quoting Psalm 68 here, and he says, Jesus does all these incredible things. He comes, he lives, he dies, he rises, he's glorified, and then he comes and he gives gifts. And he gives gifts to all of us here in the church. He is the source of our diversity. Now you look at this and you say, well, Tom, I don't, I don't really know that that's what it says. He apportioned or he gave grace. Verse seven. But here, when Paul says to each one of us, grace has been given, he's not referring to salvation. He's talking about spiritual gifts. Grace gifts. Because Jesus wants diversity in this place, because Jesus wants differences here, he gives different spiritual gifts. And he gives out those different spiritual gifts to each one of us. Every one of us in this room who are Christians, each one of us in this room who know Jesus personally, each one of us has a spiritual gift that Jesus has given us. And not only just one, many of you have more than one spiritual gift that Jesus has given you. And Jesus has given those gifts to create diversity in this place. Now, in the New Testament, there's two primary places where, where spiritual gifts are listed. The one list is found in 1 Corinthians 12. Another list is found in Romans 12. And then throughout the New Testament, there's, there's other areas where spiritual gifts are listed. And I put together a list here. Now, this list is not all-inclusive, but it identifies some of the spiritual gifts that Christ gives. Look at these gifts. And as you look at these gifts, think about yourself. Think about what gift it is that Christ may have given you. Jesus Christ gives the spiritual gift of wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, prophecy, discernment, tongues, service, administration, leadership, exhortation, encouragement, generosity, mercy, evangelism. Jesus gives these spiritual gifts to his father, followers. Everybody has at least one. And Jesus decides who gets these gifts. He's the one that makes the decision and every one of us is given something. We're all different and Jesus did it. Jesus has provided the diversity in the body of Christ. Jesus has provided the diversity here at Calvary Church. It's just like the soccer team. There are some players who have really good foot skills. They're really good at dribbling. There's some players that can really kick the ball. There's some players that are good passers. There's some players that have good hands and we put those people in goal. Festival of lights. There's some people who are really good singers. There's some people who are good actors. There's some people who are good at stage crew or organization. There's some people who are great technicians and all of them have different gifts and they all come together to use those gifts. Now it's important to recognize that when Christ gives gifts, we're not talking about talents or abilities. Talents or abilities are, are something you're born with and, and you develop throughout life. 
A spiritual gift is, is, is something that Jesus Christ has given you at salvation. It's a spiritual gift because it's from him in the time when you come to Christ. And what he does is he infuses you with his power and he lays one of these or more of these on you and he says, I'm using you, I'm giving you this gift and I'm infusing you with my power and you're gonna use this gift within the body of Christ. Jesus gives each one of us spiritual gifts and these spiritual gifts provide diversity. So not any one of us, any two of us is exactly the same. Look at how Paul says it. Paul says it kind of a different way in Romans 12, verses four and five. Look how he says it. Romans 12, four, five, there it is. Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Do you see the unity here? Do you see the bond? But not only is there unity, there is diversity. Within the unity, there is diversity. Different gifts, different functions, we're, but we're still a part of one body. We're still a part of Calvary Church. God is the source of the unity and he is the source of the diversity. And that's because that's the way he wants it. Look at verses 11 and 12 of Ephesians 4. Jesus not only gives spiritual gifts to every Christian in the church, it also says that he gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service. So not only does Jesus give spiritual gifts, Jesus also gives leaders to the church whose job it is to prepare God's people for service. It's like me coaching the soccer team. I'm there to help those kids develop. I'm there to help those kids grow and mature. It's like the director of Festival of Lights. She is there to help all of the parts come together. She is there to help all of the parts grow and mature together. So Jesus not only provides spiritual gifts, he provides leaders to help us develop and use those spiritual gifts. So the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers, they're equipped for specific service. Look at kind of verse 12, 13, and here we see purpose. So that together, using the spiritual gifts that Jesus has given us. Look at what it says. It says, together the body may be built up so that the body will become mature, so that the body will look like Jesus, so the body will be Jesus. And when people look at Calvary Church, they will see Jesus. It's like the soccer team, the good ball handler, the good shooter, the good passer, the good goalie. They all work together to make a better, more mature team. In the festival of lights, the singers, the dancers, the technicians, the musicians all come together 
to make a better team, to provide a better performance. Then Paul says, when we work together using these spiritual gifts to build the body, to be like Jesus, then look at verse 14. Look what happens to us. We will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. When we mature, when we, excuse me, when we mature, when we become more like Jesus, we become and we demonstrate more stability, more discernment, more dependability, more responsibility, and more faithfulness in our lives. Jesus has given each one of us spiritual gifts to use to mature this place, to use to mature Calvary Church and make it look more and more like Jesus. So when people look at us, they see Jesus. But the tipping point, the tipping point of our verses this morning, of the whole plan, is found in the last verse of our text. Look at verse 16. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Each part needs to do its work. Each one of us has to use the spiritual gift or gifts that God has given us. In the Festival of Lights, the singers need to sing and the actors need to act and the technicians need to do whatever the techie stuff is that they do. Why? To make the performance better. In the soccer game, the shooters need to shoot, the passers need to pass, the goalie needs to stop shots. Why? So the team can win. And here at Calvary Church, each one of us has to be using our spiritual gift, the spiritual gift that Jesus has given us. Why? To make this place mature so that when people look at us, they see Jesus. So what does it look like? What does it look like to have a mature body, to have a place that when people look at us, they see Jesus. Well, there's a couple here at church. Their name is Rod and Sarah. Real story, not real names. Rod and Sarah have been given a number of spiritual gifts. They've been given the gift of service. I think as well they've been given the gift of mercy. And these people are just incredible. They ooze these gifts. When you meet them, it's, it's, it's evident that Jesus Christ has given them these spiritual gifts. They have one grown child, but people, when they look at them, they think they have many more. It's because they're always taking people in. It's like every time you see them, there's somebody new with them, somebody that they've reached out to and have brought into their lives. Well, Rod and Sarah, they, they own a sandwich shop. And so they come in contact with a lot of different people. And one time, one day, just a few weeks ago, they met this guy named Jim. And Jim comes to him, and Jim's messed up. Jim is lost. But Rod and Sarah say, hey, come on in. 
and they, they feed them and they kind of care for them and they bring them into their house and they give them food and, and then they invite them to church. Who, doesn't, who won't go to church if you give them free food? They bring them to church and when they bring them to church, they bring them to a Wednesday night Bible study and, and at that Wednesday night Bible study, they, they meet Aaron and Aaron has the gift of evangelism. So Aaron kind of just starts talking to this dude about Jesus. And this guy's blown away. And that night he goes home and he gives his life to Jesus. Why? Because Rod and Sarah utilized the spiritual gifts that Jesus had given them to mature the body to be like Christ. So when people look at Rod and Sarah, they see Jesus. And then Aaron comes in and he uses the gift that God's given him. And together, all these different gifts work together. And people end up seeing Jesus. Or there's Jason. Jason is a guy I know who has the gift of mercy. And this guy oozes mercy. I mean, I don't know anybody that has more mercy than this guy. And often Jason visits people from Calvary Church and from other places who are in the hospital, who are sick and who are in need of somebody to listen, somebody to hold their hand, somebody to care for them. And Jason goes and he visits Dale. And Dale is, Dale's dying. But Jason goes and he, and he talks with Dale and he holds his hand and he ministers to Dale and his family. And what happens? Dale, Dale sees Jesus. Or Jessica and Dave. Jessica and Dave are here at Calvary Church and Jessica and Dave are always reaching out to people. They have the gift of encouragement, a little bit of exhortation thrown in and a great deal of service and hospitality and mercy and these people are just always reaching out to others. And they end up meeting a guy named Jim. Actually, it's Jeff. They meet a guy named Jeff, and Jeff's lost. Jeff's on the wrong path. He's been in the wrong places. Jeff's been to jail. But Jessica and Dave, they just love on him. They just bring him into their lives, and they build a relationship. And they say, Jeff, hey, how about you come, how about you come to church with us? So Jeff comes to Calvary Church and he meets other people and people start loving on him and start talking and sharing with him and some people with the gift of wisdom and discernment step into his life and Jeff starts opening up about his past and his worries and anxiety about the future and the fact that he doesn't know because of his past if, if he'll ever get a job. So Jessica introduces him to another person at Calvary Church who has the gift of leadership and the gift of mercy. And he offers Jeff a job. And now Jeff has a full-time job. And guess what? Jeff has given his life to Jesus. How does this stuff happen? Why does this stuff happen? It's because Jesus gives spiritual gifts infusing his power into us. 
so that we, the body of Christ here at Calvary Church, can mature and become more and more like him and make Jesus visible to each other and to the watching world. But each one of us needs to do our part. Each one of us needs to use the spiritual gift or gifts that God has given us. Why? So that people will see Jesus. So that they will see truth. So that they will see love. So that they will see peace. So that they will see freedom. So that they will see refuge. So that they will see healing. So that they will see, receive and see mercy. So that they will see grace so that they will see Jesus. God has each one of you here at Calvary Church because he wants you to use the spiritual gift that he has given you to build up this body to maturity, to be Jesus. Don't you want to be a part of that?